This is the Wizard's Nightshirt Podcast, episode 60. Wizard's Nightshirt. This is episode number 60. I'm Rebecca, and here with me are Duncan can't get him to stay out of his laboratory. It's Will! They don't put locks on anything. I can get it all. And Skeletor wants him to stop hiding the channel changer. It's Scott! I just assume Skeletor would lose his remote control all the time. I don't know. This is not based on canon. Um, I like to hide things. <laughs> Hi. At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we're revisiting He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and She-Ra, Princess of Power. Today, we're reviewing He-Man, Season 2, Episode 96, Battle Cat. Original air date was October 25th, 1984. And in this episode, Man-at-Arms tells Orko how Adam found a baby tiger in the woods and how Cringer became the mighty battle cat. What happened to... So, here's we finally are getting our our lore and flashback episode for Cringer, which is fantastic. It it was a treat to be able to see this little story here. But uh, now that we have learned that He-Man... And Battle Cat were not always, a, you know, necessarily going to be a pair. And he had to learn that he could zap Cringer to become Battle Cat <laughs> and, and essentially become his familiar. I wonder if you, in your life, could be like a fantasy character and have your own animal familiar. What kind of animal might it be? Would you have a Battle Cat? Would you have a deadly dog? Hound? So I'm thinking about a couple of ways <laughs> well, to, to answer this. I don't know if this is one that I think would be uh, good to help me fight or keep me company or one that I feel is more tied to me and more like an expression of myself. Yeah, either way. I was okay. sort of thinking the latter okay, and not I'm the Okay, I'm going to go with that, in which case it's been suggested to me by someone else in this room, and I have to, I may have to kind of agree. I would like to think I'd be something like a raven or a dragon or something like that, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go with a turtle. <laughs> I'm gonna, You've accepted the turtle? I'm, I'm, I'm going to accept the turtle. Um, uh, not because the turtle uh, retru- retreats. It's exactly the opposite. It's like he's always sticking his neck out into, what's going on here? He's just, just always nosy and uh, sort of nice, kind of got like a little beaky nose. And I think a turtle would help you because he would not be too bothered about things. And... You kind of get bothered about yeah. things. Yeah. And the turtle would just be like, and, it's I mean, okay, In certain Will. contexts, maybe the turtle is uh, represents wisdom, so it can kind of be, it, it, in its most yeah. po- positive end of the spectrum, he's wise, uh, but he's also comical and ridiculous uh, character. So I, I kind of have to accept that. He's seen it all, you yeah. know? He's not going to get worked up about anything. Right, right. He'd be a very good companion. He's like the, he's like the bumbling wizard of the animal kingdom a little bit, maybe. Maybe. So. He's just very slow. A turtle, okay. a turtle, okay. he's not bubbling. He's not bubbling. He doesn't make mistakes. He just goes very slow. He's clownish a little a bit. A turtle arrives precisely. He's, he's wise but clownish. A turtle arrives precisely when he means to. <laughs> Will? Okay, I'll buy it. Oh, does he have, you, you said he's like a wizard. Does he have magical powers? Well, I just imagine him being kind of like Merlin from the Sword and the Stone because he is kind of wise, but he's, he's, 
he's also kind of a nut. I can de- I can dig it. Scott, did you did you have one in mind? Well, I have uh, two versions. So if 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 I was my eight year old boy watching He Man, and I remember distinctly of my favorite animal back then was a panther. Uh, so I think I would want to be a panther back then. But now, as an adult, I think it would have been more sensible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a mule. Uh, a sturdy I, it, mule. It, it, it would be like a like like a stag or something like that. Like like a like a nice deer. Yeah. Okay, I can figure. I mean, so yeah, I, yeah. I something I think also is multi-purpose. I would want something I could ride on. Mm-hmm. Like, is yours like a giant turtle? <laughs> yeah. Do you get to ride on your turtle I or not? Or is it like that. a small turtle? Um, I think as he gains power, he gets bigger. Okay, so so if you zapped him, he would be a big turtle. <laughs> I think it's, I think as I bond, I think That's I terrified. I think you get in his shell with him. As I bond more with him, or um, I acknowledge his existence more, he gets bigger and stronger. I think. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah, get, I was I, I was I was thinking of something like it would be nice to have that, but then also have something that I could use. <laughs> I see, and it's it's sort of sort of nature like you you do kind of like natural things. It's sort yeah. of tied to the earth. Yeah. Know. Rebecca, mule? <laughs> no. Ferret. Ferrets are like so dirty. <laughs> You're such a dirty animal. I'm sorry, ferret owners, but I heard I heard they're they're dirty. They're dirty pets. I it's just because they're dirty owners. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, sorry, dirty owners. That's the Scott, best said that. that's Scott the... said that. Send it, send it to rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com, but address it to Scott, and we will pass it along. It's funny because it's true. Okay. Oh. And also address it to Rebecca. Uh. <laughs> Whatever. You don't get a ferret because you're like, you know what I want to do is keep my house immaculate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like it's a house. It's not like a Roomba. It's not going to make your house cleaner. You're, you, get a, you get a ferret <laughs> if, you're, if you're really into close-up magic. If you're into like card tricks and stuff, oh, they're know. they're nuts too. Like they're just all over the place all the time. I wanted a ferret real bad when I was a kid. Unsurprisingly, <clears throat> yeah. I think it was a comic book character who liked ferrets or something. I can't remember. Yes. Hey, tell us tell us something dignified okay, about what sorry, animal. Sorry, tell Rebecca, us about animal. Rebecca, what is your? Well, no, I feel bad for saying ferret. No, I'm just kidding. Um, actually, I was thinking, well, you were making fun of saying like, oh, it's also like a raven. I don't want a raven. Mm-hmm. I want a crow. Mm-hmm. That's like real life, and it has no bearing. It has nothing to do with Eric Draven or like the crow. It's nothing like that. I think crows are neat, like in real life, and I am desperate to befriend one because I have read. That if crows know that you are like a friendly food source, they'll bring you trinkets. And that is like a real thing that they do because they're very intelligent. They can recognize faces and blah, blah, blah. And they're very social. And um, I know that if you can get a a crow to know that you are there and like can come to your house and like get like you can feed it cat food. Um then they will start bringing you stuff, either as payment or in friendship. And I don't know what it is, but either way, it's rad. There are two crows that I see on my street. And like every time I see them, I go to the, I go to the driveway. I do. I go and I put it at the edge of the driveway and I get some cat food and I put it at the edge of the driveway. Desperate for the crows to be my friends and they can just smell it on me. They're like, I am, I, you are not cool. 
I do want it too bad, and they can feel that. I and, think it's tainted because you always have the dog with you. And I always have the dog with me, too. But, like, they'll they'll scatter, and I'm like, I know you, you're here, crows. I just want you to be my friend. Just be my friends. And it's really sad. But, like, it, in this scenario, though, it'd be a little more magical. Like, and in that way, they'd kind of, like, hang around on my shoulder. And he could piece off, like, when I'm like, get off me, crow. Like, I don't, you know, have time for you right now. And he could go do his own thing. But then he could come back and, like, do errands for me. Like, hey, could you go over there and maybe, like, go over? Like a drone, like an Amazon drone. But then also he could do like magical errands. So it'd be like that. Like, he could, oh, he could like unlock things for me with his little beak. And he could like solve puzzles. Like if with, you forget your key one day. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, bloop. Yeah. Who needs AAA you when go, you got a crow? Get checks cashed, things like that. Yeah, just little <laughs> things like, you know, yeah, little things. Like I need some more juice for my vape oh, pen. Or, or if you're a tax man and you need to get your money, he'll peck your eyes out. <laughs> yeah. Just, just give me your money. He would do that. Also, I don't vape. That was just a funny <laughs> thing for a crow to go get. Also, I think. Also, I feel like if you worked at a vape shop, go get my vape juice. <laughs> yeah, if you worked, <laughs> if you worked at a vape shop and a crow came in to purchase some stuff, I think you would be totally unfazed. You're like, that seems about right. No, I think if you work in a vape shop, you're like, your crows are making my ferrets very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You should send your ferret next time. <laughs> so anyway. This is Man at Arms. Raise your hand if your table does not have a Bunsen burner. And let's begin Act 1. Marco. What are you up to? Uh, me? Uh, oh, nothing. All of the potions and powders in uh, Duncan's laboratory have been mislabeled and relabeled and labeled anew, and Orko can't stop getting his hands on them because he just keeps going in there and he he will not stop messing with Duncan's stuff. And Duncan <laughs> is... <laughs> He gets he, he gets such a good lecture that uh, Orko starts saying a lot of yes sir, which which made, made me laugh. I, we hadn't heard some formal yes sirs before. You are not to touch this. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Orko's idea is that he's going to somehow do magic on all these uh, uh, flasks and stuff, and he's going to make some sort of like magical tractor beam lasso thing that he wants to give to Tila, and. It was really funny because I think Tila thought it was kind of charming. He was making it, and she made a big point to make Orko feel okay. She's like, it's a very good idea, Orko. It's very thoughtful, but it's a bad idea. That animation that they did when um, Tila says, like, you know, like, Orko, like, you know, it didn't work out, but it was a very good idea, where he kind of does this, like, smug little gratified <laughs> wink. It was so clever because, I mean, it was something that... Um, it, it was just very subtle what they did, but you, that was the impression that you got. And I thought that was a very funny, ridiculous way to start the episode. I liked it. They did They did a lot of new um, expressive uh, animation acting. I don't know if you noticed, too, when uh, Duncan was doing a lecture, like when he was leaving, he says, like, I'm serious, don't do that. If you saw, he did this, uh, like a little finger wag when he was leaving. <laughs> was really funny. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think at one point, Cringer did some, uh, like, cat stretching and stuff it was it was pretty cool did you did you catch the uh a man in arms blushing when he like put the thing back in the bottle no oh, oh yeah because yeah, he colored he's, a little yeah, bit he, yeah I, I don't know if, i don't know if they were trying to show that he was mad that's yeah, what i, I think sort so. of thought yeah. yeah i did notice that like they showed like they did some hatch marks on his cheeks and then they kind of got red for a second almost like an anime thing or something yeah, it was really funny yeah so orco orco's uh nonsense uh made some like 
ethereal snake gas snake thing come up out of one of the flasks, and uh, uh, Duncan has to has to bottle it up, and that's when Orko gets the big lecture from uh, Duncan. Well, that is funny. First of all, this is the most thorough and intense lecture we have ever seen from Duncan, <laughs> and that is really saying something because it just goes on and on. It's like what it's it's like when you're actually getting yelled at by a parent, like you know, like it will not stop. And when he leaves for a second, Duncan's still complaining in the hallway. <laughs> made me laugh so much. I don't. He's really not supposed to be in there. I told him that before. I don't want him playing in there. I've changed some of the solutions around in my supplies and they're not all marked. But then, of course, like, I just feel like they're not even... Oh, go on. Yeah. No, I, I don't understand why they just take him out of there. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just like put a lock on the door, you know? Like, come on. There's a lot of poisons unmarked in there that I don't <laughs> want him to get into, but I kind of feel like he's going to get into there. And <laughs> well, I didn't put the child safety locks on, so... We need to put him in there with the poisons and let him learn a hard lesson. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's hoping will happen. It's like one of these days, Orko's going to kill himself. He's from Troll, I see. Eight or eight hundred. <laughs> Who knows? And and of course, his lecture did absolutely nothing because like the second time, like, like Orko immediately goes and starts working on something new. The second Duncan leaves, and that's when he says he's trying to work on a potion to make Cringer brave. He's just like, oh, I just got, I got another idea. Hang on. <laughs> it was funny. How he's like, was, no, I'm just going to try again. Yeah, he's just a bad kid. But it was, again, this is the same reason I like Tila having bad attitudes. Some reason this was charming to me also, I, I guess it's just willful people are fun to watch, I guess. <laughs> it's just so I, funny. He's just got so he's got such ideas, he's not coming from a bad place. He's just like, no, I just really want to do this. Do you also feel like he's he thinks that he's helping somebody then? I and think so, so. So then it makes it okay? I think so, yeah. Okay. I, I think so. It's not coming from a from a bad bad place. I don't know why you're so angry, man at arms. All I did was I gave you a warning for your own safety and you ignored it. You listen carefully, Orko. It all goes back to a time before you came here when Adam first found Cringer in the hills of Eternia. So uh, that that's what precipitates our uh, cr- crazy lecture and uh, the premise for the episode. And as we'll discuss, it's questionable whether this lesson is really pertinent to what Orko's uh, talking about. But um, anyway, uh, Duncan's going to tell Orko a story. It's going to help him understand why it's dangerous for him to be messing with all the stuff in the lab. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, let's escalate this punishment here. Like, you know, okay, so Orko does something terrible and he gets a big long lecture, which clearly doesn't work. So he immediately messes up right then again and it's like I mean it's bad enough the palace is shaking and they played the danger music you got the danger music to go <laughs> and so you're like what is our next level of punishment here like I think Orko ought to get a whooping you know <laughs> but, but they already drew his little Orko fanny one time <laughs> might as well <laughs> Uh, but then, funny. or at the very least, he could make him go peel taters. We know yeah, Duncan exactly, does this. Exactly. We, we know that, that we he would do this. We haven't seen peeling taters in a while. I know. <laughs> this week, the Eternia Chamber of Commerce shines a spotlight on Snake Mountain Burger, the first fast food restaurant in all of Eternia. Let's look at the view screen and see how they're doing. Wow, Snake Mountain Burger. Hooray! It is... As I foretold. We've arrived, my friends. But remember, we're ordering straight off the menu. No special instructions. Oh. Very well. I'll have the Wolfbat Burger. 
I want the sriracha and snake sandwich. And I desire the bibble pecan chicken salad. And I'll have the potatoes. Okay, then. I've written down your orders in my illegible cursive handwriting, and I believe we're ready. Welcome to Snake Mountain Burger, where customers put a gleam in our eye. How can we help you today? Thank you. I would like... I see you put your head up, <laughs> What did he say? It's all distorted. It was unclear. I'm sorry, friend. We missed what you said. Order what you will, but shake on your feeble <laughs> I can't understand a word. I'm just going to order. <clears throat> we would like one Wolfbat burger, yes. a thing of potatoes, one sriracha snake sandwich, mm-hmm. and one bibble pecan chicken salad. And a chalupa. And a chalupa. Splendid. I have been advised a flagon of dirt and a chalupa. <laughs> yes, that's correct. That is not correct. We won't. They're doing this on purpose. This is Prince Adam, and I heard Chicago's gonna play on my camping trip in Act Two. What's your punishment for almost destroying everything? It's like, well, you have to listen to a story. Story time, (laughs) which I hate. I hate reading. So this must be a punishment for everyone. <laughs> um, which was just like, oh, okay, so we're getting a flashback story. Okay, cool. And so he, he intends to tell Orko why Cringer doesn't need a potion to be more like Battle Cat. Like why, why it's okay to be Cringer, maybe? or Well, they, we also got into the territory of um, why you should be cautious and not impulsive but that really wasn't the moral no it was just kind of yeah but at any rate here's how we learned about cringer yeah we get a flashback to young adam who judging by his appearance is about 14 or 15 but mm-hmm. judging by his voice is about 38 <laughs> so yeah there's a there's a 30 year window with uh, prince adam at all times yeah it's always a mystery well i'm a baby now <laughs> <laughs> it sounds exactly the same. Goo goo gaga. Like, but that's but that's just your regular voice. I believe I'm teething. Check my diaper. Hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam's getting ready for a little uh, camping trip, and uh, a younger Duncan gives him this little uh, gadget that makes all the animal calls in the woods, which is a pretty fun little idea. Now, I want to say, is it a safe idea to send the heir to the royal throne out into the jungle by himself for funsies? And as we'll see, into the into the jungle that has, like, prehistoric animals in it. Right. Like, I don't think Prince William had to do this, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know. But uh, Duncan's uh, Duncan had a, a smaller mustache, did you see? I thought it was kind of neat. Oh, that's funny. I was so fixated on Adam's voice that I didn't even notice. It imitates all the sounds of the animals you're likely to see on your camping trip. Oh, thanks, Man at Arms. They tried. They did a real uh, nod to Star Wars when uh, Adam goes up on a hill. He's wearing like the uh, Luke Skywalker Tatooine tunic, and he has the Luke Skywalker uh, goggles that that uh, zoom in a little bit. It looked a lot like that. No, I didn't see the goggles. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did notice the tunic though. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty pretty neat. So pretty soon, when Adam's out there. He hears a roar that he identifies as a saber cat. To Rebecca's point, this is why the royal heir should not be in the woods. And uh, he gave him that whistle, though he's good. 
<laughs> right. He knows exactly. that the only thing that can make the saber cat go away is a manticore. So he tries to find the manticore call and um, he blows it before the saber cat can attack the bushes where a tiny little meow is uh, coming from. Whew, thank goodness this works. Yes. And so his plan was successful, which is, you know, good thinking. And we look in the bushes and... And it's little baby Cringer. It was very cute. It was very cute. <laughs> it was little baby Cringer, and it was very cute. He's making little meow signs. He's got like big wet eyes. And Adam said he's uh, badly hurt, so he's gonna uh, take him back home with him, where um, he can see if there's anything they can do for him. And it seems when he gets there, I was not, I thought he was gonna be like, oh, well, he just needs a little bandage, be good as new. But Duncan's first thing is, <laughs> I don't know if I can save him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, like serious. Like he, just, he just got a little scratch on his side there. <laughs> He's going to die. <laughs> he won't make it with my medicine. If I hadn't come along, my like... Don't worry, Adam. I'll do my best. So he works on Cringer, and uh, obviously he turns out okay thanks to his medicine and, and uh, Adam's caring. And we get a cute little sequence of uh, little baby Cringer lapping up milk and stuff like that. Yes, and then they have a, a very nice voiceover about how, you know, Cringer just, you know, tails Adam everywhere he goes, and, like, they just became the best of friends, and he was his constant companion, which, of course, maybe hit home for me a little bit because mm-hmm. I own a very Cringer-like animal that is a that is a beagle that was a rescue dog and who was very, 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 very busted when yes. I got him. <laughs> And he had all the worms. And, <laughs> I think he's uh, only missing one. <laughs> and uh, he is like my shadow. And he is afraid of everything. He does not turn into Battle Cat, unfortunately. As you, you um, said one time when we first got him, what, we had a list of things he's afraid of. And one of the things on the list was certain pine cones. Yeah, he, Some pine cones just, more than others. Very would, specific ones outside. That pine cone. Walk past one and just kind of freak out a little bit. And he was afraid of like the garbage cans on garbage day. Today, he was a, he's afraid of the FedEx truck and the UPS truck. Heaven help us. They both beep their horns when they come down the street. And it's like the worst thing that ever happens to him. Today, he got spooked by uh, a land landscaping truck just not, it wasn't loud or anything he just had to walk past it oh also that's today yeah. <laughs> that's like i've had him for like five years almost yeah bless him so the the really pitiful animal that you can't get off your tail and that also um is afraid of everything yeah i i'm, I'm just i'm just saying this is kind of hitting home for me So rude. We want food. We want food. We want food. We mustn't give up. The fate of Eternia depends on my children. Evil Lynn, can we get some bolts and washers? Quiet, Trapjaw. You get what you get. <clears throat> you there, inside. Here are my demands. I will have one chalupa. I said I will have one chalupa. I can't hear you. You'll have to speak up. I'm already yelling. Well, they start telling a little more of the story about his 
fearfulness and we see some sequences like uh there are some young uh cadets uh doing some uh marching around the palace Wait, is that little taylor that was it's little taylor and um Company! <laughs> and they march too close to uh cringer and cringer goes runs up uh, under adam's shirt and everybody including young Tila, who's just being uh a little young jerk like we all are starts laughing at cringer and they start uh, taunting him and saying he's a cringer yeah they've got the little this little boy from the evil dojo yeah. somehow is is there um cringer, marching with them cringer yeah and they start and they start taunting him cringer 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 i don't care i like him and so he takes him away to a little uh little alley to tell him to get his act together a little bit and then sorcerer's head <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, there's a sorcerer's head in this episode. Yeah, she just decided to appear. Again, she's bored. She's over at Grey School, bored out of her mind. Do you think that it, that they they just they just can't think of a good way to show it like in the in their mind and that they're just hearing that in their mind or <laughs> Oh, I think I think she projects. I think they can see it. No, no, no. Other yeah, people well, yeah. can't see it. Maybe she can appear to the people no, she's talking to. No, it's scared Cringer. That's right. So he could yeah, see it. Yeah, so yeah, they don't that's hilarious. Okay, well, also it bears mentioning too. Adam is still drawn like young Adam here. So Sorceress already has this kind of relationship with Adam when he's this young. Like so. Well, he is thirty-eight to forty. So that's true. No. So I kept wondering, <laughs> yeah. like, does does little Adam able to turn into He Man like Shazam or something? Because she's already talking to him. No, doesn't it come later? I think you're right, but it is 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 pretty funny. She's like, I can't tell you why we're going to be very close, and and sometimes I will pop into your mind. <laughs> Maybe they just told him she was like a really. He thought she was like a really boring substitute teacher. <laughs> like sometimes she's gonna come over and put on the slideshow. Your regular teacher is not here today, Adam. But Wait for the beep. <laughs> beep. Oh dear, who would like to be my special helper who will advance the slides huh. when it beeps? Did you ever get to do that, Will? Or were you not a good kid? <laughs> that was like a privilege. Boy, well, nobody was ever allowed to do that. <gasps> I got to do that all the time. You got to do it all the time. Yeah, like when like the teacher's lazy, they're not going to go sit by the film strip thing, and so they'd like nominate a student to, to press the thing when it beeps. Y'all didn't get to do that? I think it just automatically did it, didn't it? Well, the fancier I ones no did. The uh, older ones couldn't, and I mean, so this, before they this, got themselves... This, this thing was ones. from the 50s. Well, I'm just saying... I'm like history. History has changed since this time. <laughs> I, I I I know distinctly that it's probably well, probably not the basics that we're learning. But. There are five elements inside every object. <laughs> yeah, we might, exactly. You have to release the, the fire from it. The periodic table only the has seventy-five thing. elements. Ether makes like, us fly. We can only thing. harness it. We can <laughs> own the skies. The important thing is Rocket Man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take over the world. The important thing, it was an honor. The end. <laughs> an honor. An honor. An honor. I changed oh, yeah. my. I changed my. I changed my last one to an otter. <laughs> otter would be a good one. That'd be a good familiar to have an otter. Oh yeah, you gotta have a water one, Scott. Oh, Who yeah. are we kidding? We shouldn't yeah. have even allowed you to pretend you couldn't have. It'd be like a swimming deer. Has little uh, swimming little inflatable deer. swimmies swimming on. Deer. Yeah. What's a swimming deer? Just a deer who can swim. <laughs> <laughs> He's just out there. It's, he probably does some equivalent. Probably does some diving like uh, horses. Remember when horse diving was something that little girls loved? 
Horse diving was a thing that girls loved. No. Remember that movie? I think everyone loved horse diving. Remember, remember that movie? Diving? Yeah. I think it's like Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. It was about a horse that dove off a diving board. And it was off blind. Off a diving board? It was blind. Yeah, it was like a, it was a girl movie. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yes, I, have it not, was. I have not seen that. Horses are not meant to go off a diving You're board. You're telling me. Oh, I that that happens. It. Yeah, that happened. That, but that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So no. you could have a deer that jumps off diving boards. They did it once every time. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening in the world and on this show? It's 1920s. It's that's uh, okay. It was they okay did, back then. They it were still okay. learning sport. They were still trying out some sports. Is this a thing? Is something people often said. <laughs> we should have three leagues for horse Good, diving. Now let's go Charleston on the top of that that high wire next to the building there. We're up 20 stories high. Wait until the king of Siam sees this. The, the, the swimming pool for all the horses there. <laughs> Not too high. We don't waste water. <gasps> this board's called holding your breath. <laughs> we found several strange buildings in the jungle, your majesties. Our initial readings indicate they are over 100 centuries old. If that is correct... These buildings may be a link to Eternia's earliest history. Anyway, it's probably good. What are we talking about? We had a good interlude because then the episode takes a big shift. You need to cut that and put that in the other one. So the episode does have a big shift, and it's a very, very confusing um, break because all of a sudden it is announced that there is some archaeology that is going to happen. Yeah, we're going to do that now. And so we switch from talking about Cringer to all of a sudden, hey, there's this very important dig we're all going to go on, and we should all ride and let's go. And Cringer wasn't invited, but invited himself. And so that's the thing that happened next. <laughs> yeah, so so Critter's still uh, a, a part of the story. Um, and there's a there's a long buildup here, but basically they go into the jungle and they're reviewing some plans and they find some old ruins with some writings. They're trying to decipher what it says. Uh, Duncan is reviewing for a long time, so Tila and Adam go and look at, a, uh, at the temple themselves and they find some writing that might be of interest to Duncan. They tell him about it. <laughs> Right, yes, all that does happen. There's just something. Before they got to the archaeology flashback part, they had like a bumper of them in the present day where, you know, we're being reminded that they're telling a story. And so like Orko says something with interest, like, and then what happened? And Duncan, he can't even stop from lecturing during telling a story. He was like, pay attention and I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Like, he was paying attention. And it just, I like, he had to be, a, had to be a, even then. Gee, what happened then? Pay attention and I'll tell you. It's like, pay attention and I'll tell you. I was like, well, the problem is not that he's not paying attention, Duncan. He's just trying to show interest in your terrible story, which somehow includes archaeology, which I don't even think was necessary. And it was only happening because Duncan is telling the story. It's like, and then there were some fabulous gadgets and I solved the riddle. Like, wait a minute. No, what does that have to do with Cringer? Hold on. And then I'm going to talk about some birds. <laughs> yes, and then we went bird watching. So, what's what, what's your first trinket you want for my crow? It would be fun to get like a, money, but they probably wouldn't know where money is. So, it would probably just be some shiny garbage. They might just bring me garbage sometimes, and I just don't even know because it's garbage, like a shiny wrapper, like a wrapper, like aluminum foil. That's what I want from a crow. 
I would treasure it. <laughs> anyway, so the, this dig, okay, there's something called Pellite. And there's a rune and it says danger. That's what Duncan has decided that it means or it's like a warning. And uh, there is a crack or fissure in this large wall. And uh, Adam and Tila notice it and they bring it to Duncan's attention and he's not too concerned about it. But he should be. Because there's, like, a monster dude on the other side of it. And uh, this is where they were trying to lean into the lesson they were telling uh, Orko, because they have some conversation about how Duncan want to, doesn't want to do anything right now because um, he's being cautious, and it's hinted at that uh, if they were going to do anything right now, it would be impulsive. But this doesn't really play out too much. No, and it so, doesn't. Anyway, the next day, they uh, blow up the door and let loose this uh, monster, and uh, Sorceress's danger... Uh, senses go off and uh she appears to um uh prince adam i suppose and tells him like you, you you're gonna need to uh take care of this now listen here you impossible machine i will have my chalupa and my revenge you will submit to my demands or you shall know pain beyond imagining hey evil end the other lane's moving faster but here comes fisto there's no way that they'll understand that guy what a gleam in our eye. How can we help today? Oh man, I want a wolf cat. I know what you're doing, you devil! And now I have changed my mind. I demand a wolf bed burger this instant. Welcome to Snake Mountain, burger. Please go ahead with your order. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Cringer, it's at three and I didn't learn nothing. Oh no, the seals are broken. The gauge is loose. I must help them. Okay, so I got a couple of questions about this monster. First of all, I could not exactly hear what they were calling it. Uh, you mean either it was like a gear, a grayer, G- gauge, a, a gauge, gauge, gauge? Oh, like what are we'll you call saying? It the gauge. Okay, so here that was my first question. My second question about this monster, once he gets loose, is is he a creature or a man? Because he was wearing tattered rags. But he was very much like a monster. Well, like he gonna, was like I, a uh, monster dressed for Coachella. I, well, it was I, very confusing. I was gonna, I was gonna say very um, topical. Could we take? <laughs> yeah. Could we take a moment to thank the manufacturer of monster underpants? Because we're just taking it <laughs> right? as a given that they're wearing them. Most monsters probably don't care. And also, let's just uh, you know appreciate monsters for their modesty. Because so far, all the monsters have worn shorts or underpants. And we've just been taking that for granted. So let's just go ahead and take a moment and say thank you, Gage, for <laughs> right? wearing wrestling shorts. Does Grizzly wear pants? Hmm. He does, doesn't he? I can't recall. He has briefs on, I think. Yeah, I'm okay. sure he has briefs All right. on. Yeah. Like, and the action I mean, figure I mean, was, I was just I, a puff I was ball. just saying, yeah, I was just thinking, like, if he was, if you were that furry, would you need, you, I mean, as an animator, we just, it would just cover Yeah, the, the toy is just like a hairbrush, he, uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like a, a wrestler uh, in the in the cartoon. Well, I'm saying in general, if you just made it furry, then it would be okay. <laughs> not wearing clothes. We would be okay if 
if one of us wanted to do that. So, so this monster in, in this uh, archaeological area here of interest, he's been trapped behind this wall, and um, they don't want him to be harmed, but he needs to be trapped. And apparently he has outfits back there. I don't know. Like, is that his only outfit? I don't know. I had a lot of questions. None of them were answered. And so Sorceress does tell Adam that he's going to have to deal with this. That monster's just Triple H. (laughs) (laughs) He, like, rides at a long platform on a motorcycle. (laughs) So anyway, He-Man, who kind of looks like Triple H in, in a certain light, has to transform and here's where the episode really falls apart for me. Now, granted, I did not pay super close attention, right? But there was something implied or a promise that was given that said that Cringer was going to be transformed mm-hmm. into Battle Cat, which yes. happens. And that somehow his being Battle Cat was going to be integral to containing this mess or solving this right. problem. And that did not happen at all. It was just, right? No, and, and I, I had problems with the transformation itself. I thought there was going to be something that had to do with character development and him turning to Battle Cat. But the whole story was uh, He-Man turned into He-Man. Cringer saw it. And I guess, like, He-Man was distracted while the sword was still going. And he kind of turns around and he's like, what? And, like, the sword shoots at Battle Cat, at uh, Cringer. And he turns into Battle Cat. It's me, Adam. <laughs> and then He-Man's surprised, like, whoa, you turned into Battle Cat. It's like, you shot him. You shot him with the sword. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, you would have thought that as soon as he got that power sword, he was just going to go around zapping stuff and just <laughs> seeing what happened. And, you know, like we you talked gotta about. you got to try it. Oh, my Lord. What happened if he, like, shot Ram Man, who was there also? You know, we haven't seen Ram Man in a while. I was so, actually. this episode? I know. I know. So they I was, like, like, right, I was right, happy right. to see him because we hadn't seen him in it's a while. It's funny to know they were see him. Like, I really was. I felt very yeah. warmly about him. Yeah. Well, they, were, they were like childhood friends, I guess, because they've known each other forever. <laughs> Tila, Tila made a joke about Ram Man at one time. I was like, don't be too sassy, Tila. You're going to be dating pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe there was an earthquake. Uh, I think we would have noticed that, Ram Man. <laughs> yes, because that happened. I have the power. I ram you to the Italian restaurant. <laughs> Boing. Again, Zor is zooping around unhelpfully, but saying, you know, Battle Cat's got to help you put the thing back in prison. And they do that by causing a wall collapse with the monster inside his prison. Well, they, they, lead, they lead the monster in the prison, and then Duncan has to decide when to blow up the door to trap there him. There you go. And He-Man hasn't come out in time, and everybody's like, we need a little more time. And Duncan... He is he is loyal. He's somebody you want on your side. He makes those hard decisions. Like He Man is still in there. He's like, I have no choice. I must close the wall. He's cold. He like he, is. he was going to trap He Man in there. Can't let it get out again. I have to lock it in. And He Man too. He's like, I have no choice. Well, we we've seen that he was going to let Orko blow himself up with I guess all of so. the things in the cabinet. So you know, Man at Arms. He's ready. To, he's there to make some hard decisions. <laughs> If, if He-Man, He-Man needs to be sacrificed, they're going to trap that monster. Yes, but He-Man got out just in the nick of time. Mm-hmm. On Battle Cat. Yeah, that, that whole scene, like, Tilo was real sad and Rayman was just cross-eyed. And you're like, what is happening? Somebody will explain it to me later. <laughs> he had just boinged against that monster, so oh, he's, right. he was probably right. still seeing stars. Okay. Poor guy. You think they put it like a spring in his head or something to give him a little bit more impact resistance? Are you all right? Just a few scratches, thanks to my new friend here. Where did he come from? 
<laughs> you'd be surprised. No, you'd really be surprised. I think we were supposed to assume that Battle Cat was integral to this because he helped distract the monster and he helped He-Man jump out of the door just in time. But I think we needed we needed Battle Cat's contributions a little more. Yeah, they didn't get me there. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't uh, and, I, uh, yeah. and to our point when we come come back to present day like see Orco, I don't know what we're seeing. Like <laughs> I don't know if we learned about impulsiveness or danger or turning into battle cats and being brave because Cringer makes a point to say he still hates turning into battle cat. So I don't know what we learned. So you see, Orko, if Adam and Tila had listened to my warning, the Gedge would never have gotten loose. And I would never have become that awful battle cat. It, it was, uh, it, it was a little confusing. And then the, the thing, the only thing that stuck with me during the explanation is that uh it's basically like well well cringer without battle cat he man would be very lonely mm -hmm. and cringer was like that's true and they like had a hug which is really sweet and like okay well is if the story was about how he man is lonely then that would have been a very different story yeah i mean i mean not that exactly when they did that that made me think there's the story i right. wanted to see information about Cringer's relationship to Battle Cat. And they did everything but talk about that. I want to know what he thinks about turning into Battle Cat. He doesn't Cat. like it. We know he doesn't and like it. And I still it. want to know like how aware one is of the other, how much of the same person they are, or do they completely turn off one identity for the other? I, I, I need to know these answers. I don't know, man. I think he turns off. Because you would think that Battle Cat would not want to go back to being Cringer. But then Cringer never wants to be Battle Cat. Yeah, I don't know. It's or really... what does Battle Cat think about it? And where did that his personality come from? Was he just like a like a spirit in space, and then he comes down? And <laughs> it's he's... not a different person. It's just like his inner strength. Well, that's what I want to know. That's what I want to be explored. Well, I think that's what we should assume. But this episode gave us no leads. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. I feel like it told the whole story, so. I'm on a different page. God is satisfied. Okay, has, all right. He has completely okay. understands Battle Cat now. Not completely satisfied, but I, I, I feel like they keep telling the same thing over and over again. So Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's visit the moral briefly, and then, then let's return to that thought. Okay, all right. Don't eat poison. Yes. That's the moral. But tell us the funny part. Like, how did we, what did he say? How did he impress it upon us? Oh, because you look for the skull and crossbones, because it looks like Skeletor. Yeah, I thought that was really funny that they said that. It is kind of funny. Why, why, why don't they put those on Tide Pods? Say, that looks like Skeletor. And just like Skeletor, it's bad news. Uh, at one point, just look uh, like something you get trick or treating. Duncan says something too about the Skeletor head. Says, "I'm dangerous. Don't touch me." <laughs> I thought that was a funny line too. Yeah, and then they kind of ran out of animation because it like the last couple of lines that Orko had, they froze Duncan with his mouth open, <laughs> and then Orko's mouth didn't move. They worked so hard at the beginning. I know it was confusing. It's like they ran out of time. <laughs> They were like, this episode just really got away uh, from us. We're going to the we're going to the water park on Friday, right? All right. Like, like we had some really great ambitions. We don't know what happened. We're all just totally off so the. What rails. happened here, guys? We got tired. We got tired. We, that work, too. work was hard. You know, <laughs> if I were to think about ratings here. I would say, like, like, well, I, I felt that there were missed opportunities, like galore. Mm -hmm. But this episode was very weird, mm -hmm. and there's there was some charm in its weirdness. So I'm gonna go four out of five. 
That's that's how I d- decided because there was a lot to like about it, and the relationship between Adam and Cringer is very sweet. Mm-hmm. So it was weird. I liked it. Uh, four monster tank tops. Okay. What do what, what they what do they call those little jackets that girls wear? It's like a half jacket, like a bolero jacket. Bolero jacket is an old timey word for it. They probably have a, a different word for it now. A halter top? No, it's not a halter. It's not a top. It's a, it's a jacket that's like only like here. It's like halfway. A shrug, maybe? That's more of a sweater. I don't know. I only wear full I jackets. Feel, I, I I feel like that. That's what he was wearing. Right. Because I paid for clothes with good money, and they need to cover your whole body because that's what they're for. No, it's a, that's an accessory at that point. Well, that's just ridiculous. That's just frivolous. The best accessory is a beautiful smile, and that doesn't cost anything. Mm. <laughs> Will, what'd you get? What'd you do? I'll say four point <clears throat> three monster shrugs okay. because I really enjoyed everything about the beginning, and I really enjoyed all the baby cringer stuff, and I just, I was just. Thoroughly confused once they went to the archaeology site. But the first half of this episode was fantastic. I'm a little mad I didn't get the Cringer story that I wanted. But I like the first part that we got. 4.4 was my my score. I I like this episode, but I I don't know. It was weird. The second time I watched it, I'm like... Am I watching a different episode? Because, like, I must have blanked out or something in the middle part. And I just really enjoyed the whole Cringer part. Yeah, me too. And I just said, so I watched it like a couple days. And then a couple days later, I watched it again. And I'm like, did I, is this a different episode? No, this is the same episode. The, the so part where. I, I, I also agree. I like the beginning and I like the end. And I, I mean, I like the transformation to Battle Cat. The, it's kind of silly how he, how the sorcerers didn't like tell him that he could be Battle Cat. And. Could he get other animals and shoot them? Like, you, you would think after that point, him being Prince Adam, he would try it. Just because mm-hmm. it's Prince Adam. Sorcerer says, sleeping, I'm going to try it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like zapping, zapping like rodents and whatever else <laughs> to see what they... I'm going to zap a snake. <laughs> <laughs> a tarantula. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> That's our show for today. Next week, we'll review Season 2, Episode 15 of She-Ra, The Perils of Peekabaloo, in which Peekabaloo's powers are used for evil, even though the Rebels were hoping for no whammies. If you'd like to follow along with the show, you can find our episode guide at www.thewizardsnightshirt.com. If you have any questions or comments for us to discuss, you can email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and subscribe to the show on iTunes or tell Alexa to play the Wizards Nightshirt podcast. We want to thank you for listening. And please remember, if you accidentally unleash any ancient curses during an archaeological dig with man-at-arms, he will leave you behind. In the wall. (laughs) He's going to wall you up. And the gods have me fixed in their glorious sight. Fighting me, fight for Never dare to be grateful For one day is the last day You'll face down the horde One day of the marauders no more 
Snake Mountain Bar. How can I help you? Uh, we would like to speak with your manager. Yes, we had a problem with our service today. Uh, of course. Uh, let me call the cover call. Say your piece now, you dotes, for I am the manager of Snake Mountain Burger. <laughs> Skeletor. Skeletor. That's right, you cry babies. We take our complaints very seriously at this establishment. So tell me now of your vexation, or be gone forever! A man was very rude to me on your speaker, and I demand an apology or else I'll tell all my friends about our experience today. Yes, I will also tell my many friends. I see! You there! Eating the chicken wings with a giant mechanical fist! What say you of Snake Mountain Burger? Well... Well said, Fisto. That was oddly moving. You are very wise, Fisto. And you have given me much to consider about my business. In the meantime, please take these free Wolfbat burgers and my apologies. Well, thank you. These look delicious. And maybe I could have been a bit more professional. It's just that... Wait a minute now. This burger has a pickle. Of course it does, men-at-arms, for I know how much you loathe pickles. And now we shall serve them to billions. <laughs> I'll make a sign that says so. <laughs> Let's order coffee and sit here for hours. <laughs> really, Fisto, that's fascinating. Well said, Fisto.